chapter eight of the ghost girl by henry kitchell webster this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter eight an even break do you mean asked geoffrey the girl gwendolen was telling me about last night the girl who had been murdered and thrown into the river that's who he means said richards this is the first clue we have found as to who she might be what do you know about her geoffrey didn't answer he was looking at the face on the canvas as studiously and intently as if he were seeing it for the first time richards repeated his question what do you know about her nothing said geoffrey there was another silence come along then said richards impatiently i want to find out all you know about her i know nothing about her i tell you said geoffrey i never even heard of her till last night you painted her portrait said the lieutenant oh if that's what you want said geoffrey i can tell you a little but not very much this is the portrait of miss claire meredith she was i understand a very charming young lady with considerable artistic talent and the expectation of a very large fortune which she would have inherited from a wealthy maiden aunt had she survived her as it is this young lady died three years ago in paris of smallpox her aunt who is as rich as she is eccentric and as eccentric as she is rich has ever since been inconsolable over her loss and last november commissioned me to paint this portrait if you want to find out more about the young lady you will have to go to the old one you never saw the girl yourself you said she lived in paris didn't you she died the year before i made my last visit to paris said geoffrey i painted this from a photograph the lieutenant was looking thoughtfully at the canvas now himself geoffrey laughed no spirit painting about this lieutenant the spirit portrait was the one i washed off just now well it's a good picture of her all right of the girl they found in the ice i mean it's almost as good as a photograph of her you can see who it's meant for right off did you happen to notice asked geoffrey suddenly whether this paint was wet i mean the outer coat that had been put on over this when it was brought into the station i couldn't say richards answered i don't believe so though because it would have messed up everything if it had been there wasn't any cover over it why i was wondering said geoffrey why they painted over it of course the obvious explanation would be that the raid had been tipped off just as police raids usually are like hell they are said richards if ever anyone was caught with the goods that bunch was tipped off who do you think you're talking to geoffrey laughed to an ornament to the force he said but you needn't look so fierce about it i'm not a reformer and anyway in this case if the raid had been tipped off the paint would have been wet on the canvas unless of course they got hold of the schedule of raids several days in advance the lieutenant snorted he was too indignant for articulate remonstrance 
but i can't think of any other reason jeffrey went on why they should take the trouble to disguise the picture you can't can't you said richards no said jeffrey and i don't believe you can well then mr sherlocko you'd better stick to painting portraits and leave crime to the police i'm just a plain blue coat but i can see a reason he gave his attention to the portrait again held up his hands so that they framed off the shining mass of hair and scrutinized the mask itself it's like her he said but only in a general sort of way what is the reason then said geoffrey apparently paying no attention to this last remark it's so simple said the lieutenant i'm ashamed to tell you out with it said geoffrey i play fair i acknowledge when i'm wrong you certainly did a good job in getting this portrait back that was a fine clean piece of reasoning well demanded richards doesn't that reasoning help you to find a reason why they should disguise the portrait why did they take it in the first place because they wanted a ringer for this dead girl so that the old dame who ordered the portrait he didn't bother to complete the sentence but went on thoughtfully after a moment's silence you say she hasn't any family geoffrey nodded and that she's rich and nutty eccentric was my word said geoffrey and that she can't get over losing the girl richards went on why the thing's as plain as the nose on your face geoffrey stroked the member thoughtfully well he said you're putting it all over me to-day perhaps i can work it out after a night's sleep richards got up decisively and put on his overcoat well i've done theorizing enough for one day he said now i'm going to get busy i don't suppose you'd tell us what you are going to do for anything in the world said geoffrey oh i don't mind telling i've got nothing up my sleeve everything done in full sight of the audience i'm going to round up those spiritualists geoffrey laughed good luck to you he said there was a step in the corridor outside a short double ring at the bell and a miscellaneous assortment of letters fell through the mail slot in the door upon the floor inside geoffrey went over in a leisurely way and began picking them up he always had a large variegated and interesting-looking mail but the thing that was absorbing his attention just now was a japanese picture postcard it absorbed him so completely that richards delayed his farewell and both of us stood watching him curiously how are you going to find those spiritualists he asked at last you've put them out of business haven't you oh they're not far away said the lieutenant we'll find them it may be rather a long job from your point of view but i think we'll have them in a week i've a notion said geoffrey that i can help you find them coming to life are you laughed the lieutenant geoffrey nodded your theory is that my jap has bolted he said in other words that he was in cahoots with those spiritualists 
very likely they have some other member of his family working for them openly i mean all right so far said richards but what good does that do i'd rather find three spiritualists than one jap they're the meanest kind of a proposition to lay hands on here you are then said jeffrey and he handed the postcard to the lieutenant i looked at it frankly over his shoulder and was as completely puzzled by it as he it was addressed to togo to be sure and postmarked at the twenty-third street post office here in new york but on the reverse side there was nothing at all but a familiar little japanese picture of fuji with a few snaky trees and a seagull or two in the foreground and a couple of vertical lines of japanese characters printed on the side the lieutenant looked at it blankly what's the idea he asked in rich scorn me to go to the twenty-third street substation and ask them who mailed this and if he happened to leave his address i've an idea that his address is on it said jeffrey only unfortunately i can't read japanese where's there any japanese except what's printed down the side here it isn't printed said jeffrey that's the point look at it slantwise and you'll see if your fingers aren't sensitive enough to feel it it's been written on in india ink in a wonderfully careful imitation of printing let it warm under your thumb for a minute and you'll find it sticky what makes you think it's got anything to do with our mystery even so i asked it's got to do with some mystery anyway said jeffrey a jap could have dashed off that message in two minutes writing in the ordinary way this job must have taken him an hour or two he was willing to go to that trouble rather than have anyone suspect that togo was getting communications of any sort from his own people a sealed letter might be opened a message that looked like a message might be read this thing was calculated to slip by as something too unimportant to look at the lieutenant was studying the postcard as if he couldn't be quite sure whether jeffrey was joking or not you're the original self-acting mystery maker all right he said what will you bet it doesn't say j shimboshi postcards and novelties tokyo or something of that sort find somebody who can read it said jeffrey and if it says anything like that i'll buy you the finest dinner at churchill's you ever sat down to that goes said richards in a manner that he meant to sound a little heartier and more confident than it really was jeffrey had a diabolical way of hitting it right even when he founded his guesses on such trifling and tenuous grounds as this the lieutenant waved a large hand to us in amiable farewell and took his departure his footsteps resounding in a steady decrescendo as he strode down the corridor as soon as he was fairly gone jeffrey dropped into his big chair limply like a man who was tired his failure to follow the policeman's train of thought was so new an experience that it was no wonder he took it hard but he looked as he sat there like a man who has just come through some exhausting effort neither of us spoke for quite a while 
i've played fair with richards i think he said how about it do you agree with me it really looks to me like an even break only each of us takes the line that suits his talents i'm afraid i don't quite understand you said i but i do think you played fair with him absolutely in fact i thought it was mighty good of you to give him that hint about the postcard when he had been so cagey with you about his explanation of the portrait about their reason for putting the paint over it i mean Geoffrey got up rather suddenly and went to his paint table where he stood with his back to me busy among his colors so i went on i don't see how there can be any question about your playing fair but Geoffrey, i believe i see what he was driving at in a general sort of way that is do you he said in a queer voice still he didn't turn around yes said i you remember he thought they borrowed the portrait in order to help them find and make up what he calls a ringer somebody that they can impose on miss meredith's credulity with well Geoffrey, suppose they found her found somebody almost miraculously like what claire meredith must have been suppose right in the middle of their work that girl disappeared and then was found in the ice perhaps one of them murdered her perhaps they knew someone who was likely to have murdered her and were afraid to tell what they knew anyway they kept still about it and then all at once it occurred to them that it wouldn't do to have anyone see that portrait it would lead to too many questions so they daubed it over with paint i believe that's richard's idea you know he said he was going to round up the spiritualists Geoffrey turned round toward me weakly there were tears in his eyes but they were tears of suppressed laughter he shook his head at me and wiped the tears away drew he said you will be the death of me some day what's the matter i asked why you dear old dub said he didn't you see that i was pounding away till my arms ached trying to get that idea into that policeman's thick head oh come said i don't try to work through a bluff like that you were puzzled and i think you might admit it i know you see most things quicker than i do but once in a while drew he said listen do you remember that as soon as you told me of the well call it resemblance of this face here to that of the girl they found that i told richards decisively how she had died of smallpox three years ago that her rich eccentric aunt was alone in the world and was inconsolable over her loss could i have done any more short of saying in so many words to suggest to richards that they meant to impose on the old lady with a resemblance when i challenged him to find a reason why the paint had been put on this canvas was there any possible way left open to him to explain it but the way he took but why didn't you say it right out that's what i want to know because said Geoffrey, i wanted richards to believe that the idea was really his i wanted him to take it seriously he's got an idea that my notions are fanciful that i have a lucky way of guessing 
the only way i could make him take that notion seriously and could divert him from the other course that lay open to him was by leading him to believe that he was getting the better of me putting one over on me i thought that you were on to the game all the while you certainly played up to me as if you were then he laughed again but for once his mirth couldn't charm a smile out of me i felt very ill-used and rather sulky come he said you really have to forgive me for that it was too perfectly delightful to hear you going on so seriously telling me all about it all right said i only the next time you really want any sympathy from me look out i shall get it said jeffrey soberly god knows i needed it badly enough this morning and you were there with the goods i don't know what i should have done without you all right said i you're forgiven you always are but jeffrey what was the other course of action that lay open before richards what was it you didn't want him to do jeffrey didn't answer but his face became intensely thoughtful again an even break he said i honestly believe it's an even break but we'll wait and see end of chapter eight